you got to be secure in who you are, what you bring to the table, what you do, and kind of what your values and morals are. Welcome to Get Seen Unscripted. I'm your host, Jesse Malinowski. We are going to dive into acting insights, meet industry pros, and master the business. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We're keeping you behind the scenes and ahead of the game. As you know, this episode is brought to you by Get Seen Studios, and we want to invite you to one of our challenges that we love to start the new year with. It is called the Booked It Challenge. It's only $28. It starts on February 5th. It's four weeks, everyone. And each week we go over specific strategy to help you get more auditions. Then we give you specific tactics to implement into your auditions to help your auditions stand out in a big way. And then we also bring in a casting director to look over auditions so we can learn from those industry pros. So everyone, this is an incredible challenge to help you grow in a big, big way and also really give you momentum to have the best acting year of your journey. So we can't wait to help you do that. You can also save $5 by using the promo code unscripted. So everyone, it's already $28. Make it even cheaper and more affordable than that. So be sure to sign up everyone for our Booked It Challenge starting on February 5th. Now enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Get Seen Unscripted. My name is Jesse Malinowski. So excited that you are here, whether this is your first episode or coming back for more. I just want to say thank you so much to everyone that has been leaving a review or commenting on YouTube. I really do appreciate it. And it really does mean so much to be able to look at those reviews and see how the podcast is really impacting your journey as an actor. And I want to shout someone out. It is Mr. Patrick Gallagher. He said, I just wanted to say thank you for the podcast. I've listened to every episode in just a few episodes in. It's been an invaluable resource for me as I navigate this business. I came back into acting after almost 15 years off in 2021. To have access to the thoughts of these major players in the market is incredibly helpful. And I'm so grateful to you for putting this product out into the world. Patrick, you are so, so welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in, and I'm glad that we are impacting you in a big way. So everyone, if you haven't already subscribed, please do that. And if you haven't left us a review, let us know exactly how the podcast is impacting you and your journey in your actor actor life. Uh, and with that, everyone, we have our next guest. It is a casting producer, everyone, from Stillwell Casting. It is Sarah Watkins. What's up, Sarah? How you doing? I'm um, good. You know, it took me the longest time to transition to Watkins. Because <laughs> you were Sarah Ackman for the longest time. Yep. And then when you transitioned, I, I think, I don't know if you noticed, you probably, I don't know, but I called you, I just kept calling you Sarah Ackman for I don't know how long. It's fine. I, I get it. Producer, I mean, I still have agents who literally call me Ekman. Oh, yeah. And they're like, you will always be Ekman. And I'm like, that's okay. fine. All right, good, good, good. <laughs> Acceptable. <laughs> yes, awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. And Thank you for having I'm, me. You're so welcome. And I'm excited to chat with you because, yeah, I think you bring another perspective to the table or to the microphone in this case. Um, 
But I'd love to know how kind of like what brought you into Stillwell and commercial casting and, and what kind of brought you there? Because Stillwell is, uh, you know, one of the top casting uh, facilities here in the southeast. And so kind of how you landed that gig and is that like exactly what you wanted or you kind of found it accidentally? Well, what happened? It was totally accidental. Was it? Yeah, 100 um, percent. It was actually through Alex White. Oh, and I knew Alex when he was in the music industry side because my major actually was vocal performance and music business. Really? Yeah. And so I like got lunch with him a couple times, met. And this was when I was in college. So I graduated. I worked as an extra. I was a stand in. I was a producer's assistant, all this stuff. The producer went to Dallas to shoot a show and was like, do you want to come? And I was like, absolutely not. And I said, absolutely not, because I had just met my now husband. I don't recommend not taking a job because of a guy you just met. This one just happened to work out. Wow. <laughs> so the producer went off to Dallas and Alex just literally hadn't spoken to him in years, just called on a whim and was like, what are you, what are you doing? Do you have a job? And I was like, that's so funny you ask. I don't. And he was putting me in touch with Stillwell. And, really? Uh, yeah. And I got an interview and I had some people ask me like, what makes you think you can do casting? And I was like, I don't know. We're going to see. And I went and interviewed with the girls and Annette and somehow got the gig with my zero experience. Wow. <laughs> that's a, How do you remember that interview going? Because I feel like you really have to show up to that with like mm -hmm. a certain mindset of like positivity and belief in yourself. So can you do, can you remember that meeting and like what maybe was going through your mind? I remember thinking I was completely overdressed <laughs> for, for the interview. Wait, what um, were you wearing? I was wearing like, you know, black, like dress pants and like a, you know, dress top and heels and, you know, best foot forward, you know, yeah. but I, I, I remember walking in and they're in like, you know, jeans and sundresses. And I was yeah. like, I should have known, like, this is our industry. We're way more laid back than, you know, any other, but um, you but know, for they, a first impression, uh, I don't think overdressed exists. It, exactly. Yeah. I would always rather be overdressed than underdressed. Yes. So, um, yeah, they were just very laid back and uh, asked me, you know, some questions about my my history kind of in, in the entertainment industry. And, uh, you know, do you have any weaknesses? And I said math. Mm. I said, I, I am not a mathematician. <laughs> do not make me do math. And now I do budgets oh. all day, every oh, day, no. and, and estimates <laughs> and invoices. And um, I haven't messed one up yet. That's good. Not not to where it can't be salvaged. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah. I gave, I t I've told them over the years, I'm like, I gave you that prereq. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were just, they were so kind and welcoming. And it was just a very easy conversation. I remember that. I remember not being nervous. Was there a moment since you were in the music industry, kind of like Alex started? That's so funny. Um, <laughs> Did was there like a moment where you're like, yeah, I like this. Like this is this is cool. This is for me. With with Stillwell or yeah like, yeah or I mean, like with sure. like commercials, you know, because it's a whole transition. Like yes, it's still in the entertainment right. industry, but like, is there a moment that you're like, I'm not going back to music. I mean, yes, it and it was it was really a net and seeing how a net worked and seeing like how a net does business was kind of, yeah, this is it. I want to learn from this this person. Mm. And that was maybe the first day 
that I was at Stillwell that I was like, oh, I made a good decision. My my dad actually called a local, another local casting director and was like, what do you know about Stillwell? And this casting director was like, they're fantastic. Like your daughter's going to be in great hands. So, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Annette is an Emmy award winning producer. Mm -hmm. And so you're a casting producer. Can you talk about uh, with Annette having such influence on you, what are some really kind of enriching lessons that, that you've gotten from her throughout the years? Yeah, there's so many. Um, I think the, the main thing that she has instilled in me is how to treat people in our industry, whether it's a client or an actor or, you know, somebody off the street, people who call all the time wanting to know how to get into acting and, and just how to treat people, um, with kindness and with respect. And, um, she is a very, very good apologizer. Mm. If something goes wrong, she, she's the first person to raise her hand and say, I messed up. I'm so sorry. Let me fix this for you. And she's taught me how to do that with grace. Um, she's taught me how, you know, the entertainment industry, as much as we love it, can also be kind of sketchy sometimes. We, we know this. It's it's kind of an unspoken, you know. Um, and she's taught me how to be successful in this industry with honesty, too. You know, be uh -huh. honest, um, be kind. So watching her in business day to day is is a huge gift. That I mean, I love that. And is there a way that you can, because I think all of that sounds really good, mm -hmm. right? And and maybe someone could be like, because I think those are, are beautiful lessons. Can you kind of elaborate on them a little bit more or maybe bring out an example of how it's impacted you in, in, a, in a larger way as opposed to just like treating people with respect, right? Mm -hmm. or, or maybe how being a good person being somebody that knows how to apologize, how that serves you in this industry. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, you know, any time that I've messed up, I have had zero fear of saying to the client and even going into a net and saying, I screwed up something. And being able to have that open dialogue with her and with your boss has been huge. So I feel like, um, any any big mistake that I've made, I've never felt that it was so huge that it couldn't be corrected. Mm, that's huge. You know? Yeah. Um, she's just a wealth of knowledge. I mean, we could spend the entire podcast just talking about her I know. knowledge. <laughs> I know, I bet. Um, but, you know, being able to just say, yeah, I'm so sorry I screwed up. I feel like I, I didn't do that well when I when I first started. You know, I was kind of still a kid. Mm -hmm. I was like 23, 22, 23, yeah. you know. Um, so being able to say, like, that was me. I'm so sorry. And not, not that there weren't repercussions, you know what I mean? There's always going to be some kind of domino effect, especially with production. But knowing that she also had my back and has my back and has every one of her employees' backs was also great, too. I mean, she's she's wonderful at, like we've said, apologizing and saying I messed up. But she also knows where to draw the line and, and is very, very good at standing up for herself, too. 
Yeah, it's kind of like this like push pull mm-hmm. and, and knowing that balance. And and I, I, I think that's a beautiful example that you just brought up of like how being able to just apologize and own it and know that it's not the end of the world, know that things can be fixed, we can find solutions. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is so huge and and just so valuable in, in so much of what we do in life, mm-hmm. you know, whether it just be a relationship with a spouse or whether it be in business. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. At Stillwell, um, since you've been there, I know that there's been several casting directors that have gone through. How has that been working with different casting directors and um, I guess maybe shifting and working with different teams? How, how has that been and what have you learned from that process? That, I mean, the, the main lesson from that has always just been um, how to pivot. There's so much pivoting in in this industry, you know, in in the individual jobs that we do, even um, rate changes, shoot date changes. I mean, God, you know, you could be shooting tomorrow, and then a AD calls you and says, "Hey, we have to push you. You you got to shoot a week from now," and you just have to kind of roll with the punches. So, being able to roll with the punches with the casting directors who have come in and out has been a huge one. Um, and I've seen I've seen the good and the bad with that, you know. Yeah. I've seen the the people who really love this, really strive for this, um, and I've seen the people who it's not necessarily their actual love. You know what I mean? And you yeah. can tell. You can tell when that when when those people come into play, and and the difference between those two. So being able to see that, I think, has also been very valuable. Does that allow you having that experience, seeing it within a casting director, like really loving it and not loving it? Has that enabled you to be able to see that in actors? Oh, 100%. 100%. You can, especially in person. Yeah. In person is a huge uh, tell. What does it look like? It doesn't look like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, it, it. Well, I guess, yeah, it, I, I was, I was kidding in a way, but I do think there is, a, there is like probably a lot of value in there. Like, yeah, what are, are there things that really stick out into like that person doesn't want to do this? Yeah, you see it more with kids. Yeah. Than you do with adults. Mm-hmm. Kids, it. I mean, everything's just right here. You can, you can read and see everything, and. There have been a couple of times that I've either stepped out of the room or emailed and said, hey, like, just talk to this parent because this kid cried uh, in front of me and just yeah. didn't want to do it. And, you know, um, this kid ran around the studio and it's 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 not it's not because it's a bad kid. It's just because this might not be what they want to do. I taught music before, too, and I had a kid who just wanted to stand on the piano and jump and play <laughs> and roll on the couch. And I finally was like, hey, I just don't think piano is what this child needs to be doing. I think maybe gymnastics. Right, right. I think exactly. you need to like refocus and maybe piano when they're older. But, you know, it's it's easier to see on kids with adults. A lot of the times I can see it come through as insecurity mm. a lot of the time. Um, or... No, insecurity is the best word for it. Doubting why we've called them in for this role. Oh, uh, well, I, I just don't think that's for me. I just don't think I fit that. It's like, but I'm I'm telling you, you fit that. And I'm telling you 
that because we're not going to put somebody in front of our client who doesn't fit what they're looking for and isn't a perfect match. Can you elaborate on that? Because that comes up so often, right? And I think it's simply because the breakdown happens, Mm -hmm. right? And the breakdown says whatever it says. And then I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, that's not me, right? right? So can you talk about like what's happening behind the scenes or how maybe people can be viewed differently or whatever it might be, but how can we help eliminate that thought process within actors that, yeah, they're showing up like, I don't know why I'm here, or they're doing a self-tape that's like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I think it comes down to our egos. And I don't mean that in like a negative connotation. I literally mean everybody has the surface level ego that they just want, the ego just wants to be applauded in a way and wants to know what's what's best they the ego knows what's best for them and then there's like your real true self who might not know you know but that's okay and just being open to that you know especially when when a role is maybe an older age range than you think you might fit you know Mm -hmm. get pushback a lot of well i i don't read that old it's like well you don't read 20 anymore either and that's okay i guess I would love for actors to take that away, that aging is okay to do. It's almost better. Right. It is. 100%. I agree with you on that. And it, it's it's become something that I've seen more and more are the, the, the headshots not being updated. Now, whether that's just because you haven't updated your headshot or because you want to look that young, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know? I saw what I looked like. I don't want that picture. <laughs> Right. But, you know, it's it's okay to to update those in age. And it's it's a fantastic thing. And yeah, it is better in some cases, you know. Um, But being able to just sit there and trust that we're not if you don't trust anything else, trust that we are not going to make a fool of ourselves Mm. by showing you, for instance, for a 60 year old man. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> or like, you know something I don't. 100%. I mean, we don't send you guys every single detail because you guys don't need it all. We send you guys the pertinent information. And, you know, there there have been a couple of times, numerous times, where I have pushed the age range or, you know, maybe it's a 20 to 30-year-old male and there's a 35 40-year-old male who fits the specs, who I know is a fantastic actor. And I'll even say like, oh, I want him to read for this role. Oh, well, he doesn't fit that age range. I know, but I think the client's going to love him. Right. And I'll put that note in the client like, hey, Jesse's not exactly right for this role, but please take a look at his tape. He's a fantastic actor, and I just think you guys are really going to love him. Yeah, and, th- and that can happen in both directions when it comes to age. 100%. Yeah, and I think that's something to remember is like, it's so funny, right? It's just when I think about like the path of an actor, you know, like, all right, I think I want to do this. And this is great. This is fun. And then it's like, oh, God, I just I need to get an agent so I can get professional auditions. Right. And then that, there's that struggle. And then finally it happens. Oh, my God, I have the agent. Right. Then you're getting the auditions. And then all of a sudden you're getting auditions. You're like, oh, why am I even getting this? <laughs> like, What do you want? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, it's like so weird. It's like 
Like nobody is like messing up. I, I I say this so often. It's like nobody's giving you pity auditions. No right, one's doing right. it to try to make you feel good. You are there for a reason. Whether it be your 30 being brought in for a 40-year-old and they're like, it might be younger or they just like you that much. Take the compliment. You know, and, and understanding that, that they can change it and age it up. Like it's literally just like a quick, easy casting decision. Like if it's like you're supposed to be a dad that has a five-year-old, but not the 12-year-old, well, then they know that when they're pairing it up. Like they know we really like Jesse, but he can only be with a five-year-old daughter or whatever. So we really like the 13-year-old. So Jesse doesn't get it because of that. Like right. all the different things happening behind the scenes. There's, I say this all the time. I've said this in your classes, nine Point eight times out of 10, it is not you. Right. It's not. It has to do with budget and look and age. And, you know, I have literally seen productions turn casting on a dime and say, well, we wanted a father-daughter, but now we really liked this woman and we want a mother-daughter combo. And dad's just out the window. Right. You know? And like understanding that too when you don't get it, because then you're like, man, I thought I crushed that one. You did. You did. <laughs> but it was out of your control because now they want a mom yeah. and you can't play a mom. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Can you also, I want to go back really quickly to uh, the people in the room that don't want to be there. Mm. And and I think with, well, let's do both actually. So like if, if a parent is listening, like what's the thing that they need to do for their kid? Like if to really find out if they want to do it and what the right protocol is. I don't really have an answer for that. I mean, that that to me is going, maybe that's me answering as a mom. Hang on. <laughs> for me, uh, that varies kid to kid is what I was going to say. That That's going to be, a, that's going to look differently kid to kid. Um, as a casting producer, I would say just have the conversation with your kids. You know, if they're, if they're old enough, have the conversation, say, you know, are you having fun? Did you enjoy that? Whatever that question is that revolves around the fun aspect of it, I feel like is going to be your best bet with the kids. Because if they're having fun, you know what? That goes for adults too. If you're having fun, we're going to see it. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to know it. And that that, that kind of ties into that insecurity and that not wanting to do it because you're not having fun when that happens. The minute that you let that go, we can, one, 100% tell, two, I've seen people go from not booking at all to booking everything that they auditioned for when they just kind of let that go. Yeah. The I, I think I was going to go to the adults, but I'm like, I guess actually we don't need to. It's it's really just comes down to like every five auditions, just stop and ask the question. Like, are you having fun? Am I having fun? Mm -hmm. And And I don't know if like if you're not having fun, it means like quit. No, I don't it, think so. It's like maybe some things need to be adjusted and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you need to ask that question. Are you having fun? And if you're not, what needs to change? Yeah. I love that. Hey, if you're an actor and you're enjoying this episode, we want to serve your acting journey in a bigger way. So we want to let you know that we offer a free class every single month. We do it on a lot of different things. But most importantly, we make sure that it is so value-packed 
that you have no idea how it's actually for free. But it's our gift to you to know that we are so passionate to help actors on their journey and more specifically, help you on your journey. So you'll find a link in the description. All you gotta do is put in your email and we will send you our next upcoming free class so you can get so much value. So do not miss out on that. Again, you'll find the link in the description. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And so with uh, you and your life, uh, I've, I've been auditioning for Stillwell for so long, so I feel like I've seen you grow in a big, big way. And so can you talk about how, I mean, since you started at like 23, you've now gotten married, you've had a kid. Can you talk about that balancing act of starting a family and doing all that along with being in this, what can be sometimes a crazy business? <laughs> yeah, I'm like officially an adult, you know? Yeah, um, you are. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it some days still. Um, yeah, that's been, the marriage thing was less of a transition because I've I've been with Jake for almost as long as I've been at Stillwell, almost 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, Good I've job, been, Jake. I, <laughs> I've been at Stillwell, like, coming on nine, and he and I were together a year before that. So, like, that was less of a transition. Everybody was like, how's married life? I'm like, the same. Right, <laughs> There's yeah. just an extra ring on my finger Yeah, exactly. It was the it was the baby um, that I had last – no, not last year anymore. I had her in 2022. That was the biggest adjustment in every way, shape and form. And, um, Stillwell has been fantastically flexible with me. Um, which again, I like to give myself a pat on the back. It's come from nine years of steady, consistent, great work. Yeah, definitely. That, you know, I've, I, I get to work from home a couple times a week. I get the luxury and the privilege of doing that and going to pick my kid up and, you know, leaving at 2.30 and then signing back on at 6 and taking care of other stuff. You know, it's it's we've both been finding our way with that with Stillwell. Um, and they've just been wonderful about that. And it was a good uh, practice of setting boundaries with clients as well. Oh, yeah. You know, um, when I went back to work, gosh, I guess that was in March of 23, um, I was still very much like rocking my kid to sleep. I mean, she was only three months, you know, yeah. very much still in that breastfeeding journey. And so I would have clients who would call me and I'd look at my phone and I'd, you know, say, hey, I'm getting my kid down. I'll call you right back, you know, after this. And every, every single client has been like, absolutely, completely understand. Like, you know, so to set that boundary and like have that honest dialogue too with these clients has been surprisingly easy. So maybe we just have fantastic clients because I have not had a single producer or director who's been like, no, we need to talk now. Well, I feel like that has so much to do probably with like what you've learned from Annette, right? And like putting those boundaries down and just being honest. I mean, I can't think of anyone that's going to respond back if you're like, hey, putting my kid down. They're like, no, I need <laughs> no, you now. Right. right. Like, I, I can't imagine anyone saying that. Right. I even had a producer a couple weeks ago. I answered the phone and I don't I must have sounded frantic. I don't know, because he goes, are you OK? And I was like, yeah, why? And he goes, you just don't sound OK. And I was like, I just found out my daughter has a hundred and three degree fever. Like, we've got to go to the doctor. And he was like, oh, my God, you call me back. And I was like, no, 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 we can talk. And he was like, no, 
you call me back. Like, go do what you need to do. I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so there have been some very um, humbling and human experiences that have come from having a kid. And just the navigation. It's a whole new world. We were kind of talking about it before yeah. we even started recording, you know? I think it's important, though, about talking about the boundaries. Can we also bring that to other aspects of the industry and how it's okay? Because I think there's probably so many people, whether it be on set, maybe with intimacy or communicating with their agent or turning down auditions or whatever it might be, where they're so scared to to put those boundaries in place. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so what what how 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 can we help them right now? I see that a lot um and typically I see that after the fact. I hear about it from an actor or an agent after they've been on set. You know, um Yeah, I I've said it before in, in classes too, you guys have got to be able to speak up for yourselves because if you feel uncomfortable, one, that's going to show mm -hmm. again on camera, but two, there might be somebody else in that group who's uncomfortable too, you know, and, and doesn't want to speak up. Like if you're in, you know, a, a group scene and you feel like there's a safety concern. Like I have, I've always told actors, like I, w I personally would rather you speak up on a set on something that I've cast than not. If you feel like you're unsafe, if you feel like, you know, uh, something is really truly not right. You know, I'm not saying like you didn't get your tea on time or, yeah. <laughs> you know, something let's, let's draw a line. But, um, always speak up for yourself. And I know that that's super scary. And I've had actors when I've said that say, well, what if that production company ever, never hires me again? Exactly. Well, if you don't feel safe and it's the production company who's making you feel unsafe, do you want to work for that production company again? And I know that's a scary thought. I know that's scary. I don't, I don't have to deal with that fear the way that actors do of being blacklisted or rejected or something by a production company or a director. You know, I don't, I don't get that kind of backlash that I know you guys fear. So I'm kind of safe to say this. You but know you what? Know I mean? what? It's a good point though. Cause like, let's just go back right to the client that calls you when you're putting your kid down. Right. Mm -hmm. And if their response was, no, I need to talk to you right now. I don't care about your kid. You'd be like, what? A little and, red flag. <laughs> yeah, red flag. Exactly. So like you wouldn't want to work with them. They respect you. They respect the industry. They respect people having a life, you being a mom. And so, of course, the response is, oh, my God, of course. Don't worry about it. Call me later or call me tomorrow. So it's, it's just interesting, though, because when you look at it as the actor's point of view, you're like, oh, well, what if they blacklist me? That would essentially be the equivalent. Correct. You know what I mean? 100%. Which is just so unlikely. Right. <laughs> so right. unlikely. The the likelihood of you getting like told to sit down or leave set or mind your business is slim to none. You know, um, my husband's an AD and he would always rather you come and say something to him 
on set if you feel uncomfortable in any kind of way, you know? Um, so you just, I feel like that kind of comes back to almost like the insecurity that we were talking about. You got to be secure in who you are, what you bring to the table, what you do and kind of what your values and morals are. Like if something's not sitting well with you, we have people who turn down, you know, like the alcohol ads that we do because for some reason it just doesn't, it doesn't sit right with them. Totally, completely okay. I call them in for everything else other than alcohol ads, you know? Yeah. I think I'm glad that you brought that up. Can you talk about like, what is the thought process, right? Like if, if it was me, you, I'm like Bud Light Seltzer. I think you guys have cast before, um, you know, Bud Light. And I'm like, I don't want to do that one. Like, what's the thought process that happens? Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Great. We're not going to see Jesse for this one. And then you move and on. And I might be bummed. You know, right. I might be, oh, he would have really been good for this. And then we move on. And the next job that comes up and I see your face. Cool. Yay. Jesse's going to audition for this. Yeah, because you are on your own mission. You have your own job. Like, I, it's it's so funny because I'm like, if we could all get into the place of like, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, just like nobody's thinking about you. Right. And I really do mean that in the nicest way. Like, nobody's thinking about you. Like, you guys thought about me for a split second because you have an agenda of get the commercial cast. And you're like, Jesse might be good for this. Let's bring him in. Jesse says, no, you're still worried about your own agenda. You're not mm -hmm. worried about Jesse. Right. right. You're focused on what you have to do because 99% of the time we're just thinking about ourselves. And it, and I feel like so often we're so worried, what are they thinking? If I do this, they're going to put me on this list or they're going to think a specific way about me. Like, they're not. They're not. That doesn't serve us. Like, no. like on a on a less like person to person level, it doesn't serve Stillwell well. Because if you turn something down and I go, well, we're not going to see Jesse anymore because he turned this down. And then a job pops up that you're perfect for. But I'm not going to see Jesse anymore because you turn this down. That's horrible on us. We're not giving our client the best product at that point. I'm not saying you guys can't do wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, you're absolutely correct is that it's just a blip and we move on and we continue. You know, our job is to show the client the best product. And if you guys are, if you match the best product, then that's what we're going to show them. <laughs> exactly. So with you uh, starting your family, is there any advice you would give anyone else that's maybe thinking about that, thinking about wanting to start a family, but maybe they feel a little overwhelmed or feel a little unsure based on the, the craziness of the biz and the inconsistency maybe? Mm -hmm. um, any advice that you'd have for them? I would first say I completely feel you. Like, it's scary. Um, again, very lucky that I am in a kick-ass salaried position my husband's not my husband's a freelancer you know like I said he's an AD and that's always scary when a job ends and we are down to one income and you know we don't know if and when the next one's going to come I mean it always does you know especially when you're good at your craft and you study and you you know what you're doing like it's always going to come it's like it's going to fall in place um so I would say first say I totally feel you 
<laughs> um, and it's okay to feel that way. I will say that in the last two years, I have had big enough life changes that I can honestly say, do not let this industry stop you from doing what you feel in your heart you want to do. If you want to have kids, you need to go have kids. If you want to get married, you need to go get married. Like, it will work out, whether it's in this industry or not. Like, it'll work out. But that, and maybe this is the wrong thing to say on your podcast, I'm sorry. No, I think it's going to be the right thing. But that is a billion times more important than anything in this industry. 100%. Anything. 100%. So that would be my advice is go and do it. And if it works out and you maintain your your career in this industry, that's fantastic. If not, then that's okay too. And you're going to find something that's going to be just as great. Yeah, because I mean, you you were talking about before we started, I mean, just like how much you love being a mom and how you're just, you it's know. Disgusting. It just, <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. It's <laughs> disgusting. Why is it so great? Uh, it's just this little tiny human that you watch learn every single day. Mm. It, and what she learns, she just turned a year, and like what she learns is just mind-blowing. It it truly is. It just like she looked, we have we live in up in Canton. We've got acreage. We have deer that come through our our yard all the time. And I was holding her at the window and we were watching deer, and we have these little like gel clings on the window for christmas still we haven't taken christmas down oh geez i know oh geez <laughs> <laughs> i know it's an explosion um but there were deer gels on the window and she looked and she smiled and she pointed at the deer and then she pointed at the deer gels oh, on yeah. the window and like looked at me and i was like yeah it's the same thing <laughs> like it's just the most mind-blowing thing it's she's awesome that's that's fantastic. And I, and I think you are are just so right and I cannot agree more. I mean, that's one of the things I really I focus on within actors. We were talking about fun, make sure you're having fun mm -hmm. and exactly what you're saying here is like you having a family and the relationships that you have whether it be with a husband, wife or a, a child like it's a million times more important than you booking a job or getting auditions. And I feel like as soon as you realize that as an artist, things will probably begin to happen for you. Yeah, things start to kind of click in a different way because you're not so focused on that ego. Mm, yep. You're focused on something so much more than that. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're focused on those other things and you're like, oh, this is just something that I do. Mm -hmm. Just like I eat food and go out or I go to the gym or and I also audition. Like those are just things that I do and that... It's just interesting because because casting can see like that desperation of I need this and I want it so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that hurts. I mean, when we when that is like palpable like that, God, that hurts. And I just want to hug you. Uh. Like, like, I just want to hug you. Um, the actor would be so thrown off <laughs> if you're like, oh, oh, just come here. Come here. It's OK. <laughs> it's going to be OK. Um no, 100%. I mean, you know, having, being an actor is part of who you are. It's not who you are. Yeah. You know? Yes, exactly. Well, you work with 
I mean, you being the casting producer, right? Then also work with the casting director, which also then works with the director, which also then works with the ad agent. It's a lot of people that uh, ha have their, their hand in the hat to figure it all out. Mm -hmm. uh, is there something that you've kind of noticed a common denominator throughout the years that maybe actors can do to please everyone? Is that even possible? That's never possible. Yeah. <laughs> That's never possible. I hate to burst that bubble. But coming in and knowing what you are there for, which sounds very rudimentary, but we've talked about it in your club. What are you auditioning for? Mm -hmm. What's the product? Knowing your role, knowing the sides, if there are sides, knowing the action that's taking place, knowing what you're auditioning for is is going to make a nice impression on everyone as opposed to walking in and saying, how do I pronounce this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, um, <laughs> and being so cheesy, but being yourself. I mean, I know it's so cheesy, but like, I kind of like, I, like when I, when I wrote this question down, I was like, I feel like the, I know the answer to this and it's going to be this. I was, I, but mm -hmm. it's, and I, but why is that so hard? Like, why do we have to keep talking about it? <laughs> I don't like, know. I don't know. I, I, you know, maybe it comes down to that. Uh, you think everybody's thinking of you. Mm hmm kind of concept and nobody's thinking of you and again mean that with all the love in the world and in the right. best way like but just just be yourself I mean again like we I don't just pick you Jesse because I know that you're a great actor I know that you're very respectful on set I know that you're a kind person on set I know that you are an uplifting person and they're going to enjoy that on set. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not just that you're a great actor. And that goes for everybody. You know, if you're a fantastic actor, but you're an ass. <laughs> yeah. I might not pick you. Right. You yeah. know, be be kind, be yourself, be, you know, and, and when you're yourself and you just kind of, I've used the analogy before of like, when you audition for Stillwell, whether you're coming in or doing a self-tape or a, a callback, whatever it is, our job is to make you feel and give you the space to come in, drop the mic, and walk away. And, like, I did it. Like, I was myself. I was the best version of myself in there. We give you that space and the opportunity to do that, you know? Um, and just getting out of your heads, and, and we, we can only give you the opportunity to do that. You guys have to be able to get out of that questioning, ego, insecurity, whatever it is, you know? Yeah, I think that's so good. Like, we can only give you the opportunity. I, I love that quote of, like, can only give the opportunity. Like, you can only open the door. Like, you have to walk through it. Mm -hmm. And for the actors that do that well that really own it is there something that like you see in them that 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 comes like with that confidence i mean it's it's probably just them like just being themselves right yeah i'd say so i'd say the ones who come in and do that are the ones that i <laughs> it's almost like the ones that i have to shush in the waiting room you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, because like, they're not nervous. They're just, <laughs> they're just yeah. 
just enjoying themselves, talking. They're happy to be there, you know. Um, and I'm sure you've been in the room where I've been like, I love shushing the waiting room because it means you guys are all like getting along and, you know, not seeing this as a competition. It's not a competition. It's just everybody's trying to do their best. Yeah. I feel like that's one thing that's really different about the Southeast, right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, seeing people come in from New York and L.A. and then like sitting in the waiting room I mean, you can see them being like, what is happening here? Yeah. Why is everybody so kind? <laughs> right. It's yeah. Like that's I, I always say like that Southern hospitality is real, but it does have something I, like it does have something to do with like we're just I feel like somehow we all believe that like the the saying is like um, a, a, what the rising tide raises all ships or whatever. Mm, yeah. Like somehow like I don't know. Somehow we've all been incepted into believing that or something <laughs> like because yeah we we all do like it, yeah I'm like oh if I didn't get it Chris Mayer's got it and right, I love I Chris or so you know happy. what I mean yeah. and and like I feel like so many people feel that way yeah. And I think that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear you say that, like, on your end as yeah. an actor, you know? Because I feel like I see that, but you never, you know, really know yeah, unless that's you're true. in it, you know? Um, yeah, I think I you have to be, just to add this in, like, I do, like, there does have to be a certain amount of confidence, right? Because the jealousy can certainly be there, right? I love Chris Mayer, so I'll bring up Chris Mayer's. Chris Mayer's, <laughs> I got to bring him. on the podcast soon. Um, but... Like, like there's certainly been a time that I'm like, oh man, Chris Mayer's got that over me. Damn it. You know, but then there's also times that like I'm crushing it. And so then if he gets one, I'm like, ah, good for Chris too. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm not upset of it. So like, I do feel like you have to like own that you do well. You have to own that, that you can book and you will book. And, and I do think you have to be able to really, truly own that to mm -hmm. then really, truly be happy for the other person. For sure. For sure. And know that, you know, when we talk about being yourself, that, again, we, we picked you for a reason. You know, um, being happy for another person because they they got something that you auditioned for, still maintaining still well picked me to audition because they thought that, you know what I mean? For sure. Because they thought that I would be good. I, I used to say when I, when I would teach classes is, you know, you get an audition, like that's a win. And then you get a callback. That's a win. Like you're, you're winning at every stage here. It's not just you win when you get the booking. Like, yeah, that's the ultimate. That's what everybody wants. That's fantastic. But you have won because we've brought you in for an audition Oh, sweet. You got a callback. Oh, fantastic. You got first refusal. Like, and then, oh, you didn't book it. That's okay. Look at what you accomplished here. Right. Not just the end result. You know what? For some reason, that's making me think of like a sports analogy right now, or even like when, when we were in grade school and like you're getting chosen for the kickball team, right? And you, you get have picked the, last. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's like, if you, if you think about if, it's almost like though, like casting is like choosing their team, mm. and like some people will like kick the home runs, or they'll like win, help win the game, and like you might not have necessarily done as much on the team that day, but you still got picked to be on the team. Mm. And 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 I think it's just like you know, in certain days you'll have a better game than others, of and course. sometimes you're just like helping lift the team up. And I feel like it's kind of a similar thing like within casting. Like, yeah, you're not always going to get it. 
But like you did get chosen to be on the team and you should be amped up about that. For sure. Completely All right, agree. Sarah, this brings us to our spotlight sign off. Oh, I love it. Five questions to end this thing strong. Question number one is, what is something that you are extremely grateful for today? The opportunity to do this. And I know that's like, Oh, she's just brown nosing. No, not at all. Like, I was stoked when you asked me to be a part of this. I could feel that. So, you know, I could feel that. being here and getting to do this highlight for sure. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you're here and it's been incredible. I know everyone's loving it. I hope so. <laughs> uh, question number two is what is a um, TV show, book, or event that changed the trajectory of your life? Oh my gosh, I saw that you wrote this and I meant to like ruminate on it. <laughs> I didn't. And I was like, oh, I really need to think on that one. Change the trajectory of my life. I kind of want to say experiencing Bonnaroo mm. Music and Arts Festival. If you haven't been, I highly recommend going. It is quite the experience and it the love there is just unmatched really it's amazing it it just you are soaring on a just high for the next two weeks coming back from that because everybody's just there for each other like it it's it's amazing that's so cool can you tell me like a story from from that like oh like where you just like really like felt that or felt inspired or you're like i gotta bring that home with me because of xyz Gosh, there's there's a couple of times, but we we just went this past year, and um, one thing that was a moment that I was like, this is the only festival this would ever happen at. Somebody had either overdosed or something. Something bad had happened in a concert. So like we're talking like in the front, in the pit, right? And a path just forms, like words somehow got from the very back to the very front that somebody needed help. And here comes EMS just not having to clear people themselves. Like people are moving each other wow. and a straight line. And he, they went in and they got out. And so, it was just, I get chills thinking about it. Cause I was like walking and I was like, why is there just a path here? And somebody was like, oh uh, no, no, no. Like somebody needs help up there. And I was like, oh. And we immediately like moved to the side and it just, you could see like a straight shot to this person. Wow. And that just wouldn't happen at any festival no probably not i yeah. don't think so it was that's beautiful awesome. and he was okay too so that's good that is probably the most important <laughs> thing well now that we know that he's okay i like that your first thought was like this path is for me <laughs> <laughs> i was just like look at how convenient yeah this is i would have right thought the here. same thing thank you so much everyone <laughs> right no 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 oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fair uh what's something in uh your routine that you really cherish my morning like what about, what is it specifically I, in your morning? I wake up and I go and I make my coffee and I do like a meditation before my kid wakes up and having that quiet morning to like ground and really kind of sit with like we've been talking what's important and how I want to go about the rest of the day and how I want to feel and how I want to help others to feel has been game changer. What kind of meditations do you do? It varies day to day. I use that. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Insight Timer. I don't know that one. No. Great, great source. Insight Timer um, and do like a little devotional every okay. day. Awesome. That's great. 
And do you do the meditation, then read the devotion, or the other way around? It depends. It depends? It's day to day. Okay. Depends on how I'm feeling. Okay, I wasn't sure if you felt like the meditation like hammers it in more or, or anything. Sometimes it does, and then other times I feel like I can't focus on the meditation, and so I'll stop it, and I'll read the devotional first. And, yeah, that makes sense. You know? Okay. All right, fourth question. What is something you're currently working on trying to improve in your life? Health health yeah like physical well-being i feel like we're both my husband and i have have kind of started that journey when we had our girl oh yeah and then that's gonna and that just kind of <laughs> throw you for a that's really, throw it you for does a it's like okay now i have to live forever mm, so you know yeah, yeah, yeah. starting that that like real true health journey like and this is not just like a 2024 like <laughs> we're getting in shape kind of thing yeah you know? yeah yeah. all right the I, I feel like well for one i'll say uh anyone else that's thinking this go back to the candy vandy zandy episode our very first episode because we talk about that um oh, i'll have to go listen yeah you will um but the next thing i would say is i feel like something that gets like overlooked that like is pretty solid is just like walking yeah like 100%. just like getting a Fitbit and being like, I'm going to commit to getting 10,000 steps. It's so funny you say that because I literally told my husband the other day, I said, we're going to take at least one family walk a week. Like as a, as a group, as yeah. a family, like we are going to go to a park and take a walk. Yeah, that's so great. But I think that like, like the 10,000 step thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like an easy, like, that's a, that's a goal that I can set every day. You know, you're like, instead of parking close to Publix, you park far away. Right. You take a couple, you take an extra lap while you're in the store. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, let's go walk. You throw the kid in the stroller. You yeah. get your family walk in. You, when you have a break, you go outside and walk around for five minutes. Like, you, like you can just like, all right, I'm just going to get the 10,000 steps. And if you miss it one day, who cares? You get it the next day. No, but that's a great way. I think that's just like an easy thing to just like implement that yeah. that that can help. Maybe that's what I'll do. All right. Do it. <laughs> Uh, and then the fifth and final question is, uh, based on your life and then uh, everything that we kind of talked about in this episode, if there was one piece of advice that you want the listeners to get, what would that be? I would just say to love yourself, what you're pursuing in terms of acting the life that you have outside of that. Because if you love it all, it's it's gonna show in every aspect and it's gonna grow in every aspect. And any kind of advice that you could give, that I could give, isn't gonna matter if you don't love yourself, surround your yourself with people that you love. You know, it's gonna go in one ear and out the other and it's not gonna resonate, you know? Yeah, that is beautiful. There's it's very Bonnaroovian of me too. Uh, it's pretty solid. <laughs> There's nothing else to say after that, though. So, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. You are awesome. Thank I appreciate you. you.
Everyone, thank you for watching or listening, depending on which platform you're on. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And if you enjoyed this episode, we started off kind of talking about Mr. Alex White. You can go tune in to the Alex White episode, or we also mentioned Candy Vandy Zandy listening to that episode. That was episode number one, everyone. So you can go back to the beginning. Uh, so, uh, go listen to one of those episodes. And if you enjoyed this one, send it on to a friend, everyone. Thank you so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.